Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, one, two, one, two, Again, it is Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could only mean one thing. It's time for the best sports talk show in America. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And once again, this is Dead End Sports. The phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, we will talk hot and heavy uh, NFL. We got some NBA talk, uh, a little bit of everything. The, the top five moments in sports. Uh, we ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that. You can log into the chat room. The chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. You can also uh, check us out. We're on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at Dead End Sports. Uh, hit us up. Any questions, comments, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Make sure that you check out our website, deadendsports.com. Always keeping hot and heavy uh, articles with uh, sports opinions in mind. Uh, make sure that you check us out right here each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the last show for 2013. So tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Uh, without further ado, let's get started on tonight's show. I would be remiss if I did not introduce my co-host. You know him from uh, Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, right now, let's bring in the fellas, uh, B, Ken, and FIFO. Fellas, what's going on? What up, what up, what up? What's happening? What's man, good, man. What's good? Time to put a bow on 2013. Uh, a crazy week in the NFL. A crazy week in basketball. Uh, so we're going to talk about it. We got high sports opinions right here. Man, tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Again, the phone number to call in, area code 646 478 Oh, man. This is going to be crazy. Um, I don't even know where to start. Well, actually, I know where to start. Um, let, let's let's start in Dallas. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Let Let's start in Dallas, Texas. Um, as you all know, Dallas played Green Bay this past weekend. Um, Dallas was actually ahead. I think it was twenty six to three. Yeah. Uh, at halftime and managed to lose the game. An epic collapse. Uh, the biggest, I think, uh, loss that they've had as far as having a lead and blowing a lead uh, in Cowboy history as far as a home loss, I should say. Um, 
after the game, there was a lot of blame to go around, a lot of finger – well, not necessarily finger-pointing in the locker room uh, because uh, they don't do that there in Dallas. <laughs> they leave it to the media and everybody else to finger-point. Um, but, yeah, let's start there, man. Start right there in Dallas. Um, I'll start with you first, Ken. Who do you blame for the, the, the collapse in Dallas's loss? Uh, do you blame uh, Tony Romo, who threw two picks – uh, within a three-minute span, do you blame the coaches, or do you blame that awful, raggedy Dallas Cowboy defense? The defense played well in the first half. They, um, I, I think they, the Green Bay Packers put them back on their heels, and they, you know, they just stepped up. Um, but we all knew, and so did Dallas know, that that defense is absolutely terrible. But the fact of the matter is that a 26-3 lead and they didn't protect it. They were playing like the game was close. They were playing like the game was behind. You got DeMarco Murray, who's running all up over the over right. everybody on the field, and he barely touches the ball in the second half. I mean, this is clear that we're going to put the blame on Jason Garrett. It's just terrible call, uh, play calling. I don't care what Jerry Jones has to say about we have to take risk. He, he That's Skip Bayless' talking points. Skip Bayless <laughs> knows that they should have ran the damn ball at bare minimal. It's a minute left in the third quarter. At least get it to the fourth quarter. Make your adjustments. Come out and hopefully you can get a stop. That's all you need is one stop. But um, so I I don't put the the blame on on Romo except for that that play that he called a pass play on, which was a run. But um, I, I'll say up to that point, you know, Garrett kept calling pass play after pass play after pass play. And I think the yep. stats say that it was 14 out of 15 pass plays were called in the second half. That makes no sense at all. And I remember clearly on this show before where they have done this, and I've, I've ripped them before where DeMarco Murray only had four carries. Here's the thing. And, I, and they're trying to make Romo into this big star. And DeMarco Murray was the guy. Romo had no business throwing the ball that many times in the second half. And when the ball was placed in his hands to be the star, he missed a wide-open Des Bryant, the second-best player in the NFL at receiver position. I'll say it again. And, um, (laughs) you know, and, 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 and that was Romo's fault. But, uh... The play calling it was clearly an issue, and I, I, I blame Jason Garrett. Okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? Uh, if, if, if you if you if you have the pointing finger, who are you pointing at? You pointing at Romo? You pointing at that defense or those coaches? You know what, Kyle? You know what, Kyle? You know what makes me me? Because you say what the fuck you want to say. Because it's your fucking Thank show. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> and you know what, Ken? I have been uh, saying every time we have to rip Dallas, it's not Romo. It's not Gary. It's your boy, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones, man. It's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones selected the head coach. Jerry Jones selected the staff members. Jerry Jones told the head coach, you know what? You can't call the plays no more. That's this other guy's job from now on. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones. See, Ken, you said Jason Garrett was calling the calls, but he doesn't call offense, man. 
Jerry Jones has emasculated his head coach from That's day, true. almost That's from true. day one, at least the beginning of this season, the beginning of this season, and now you have, you're right, DeMarco Murray should have been carrying that rock. Tony Romo didn't need to throw that much. I understand trying to get the super knockout punch, you know, because I always say in games like those, if it's at the top of the fourth quarter, you're only up 14, 17 points, that's really not enough. If you could get another score, whatever kind of score, but when, when you could see like 4-0 up there, you only got 14, uh, that, that, psychologically that's completely different. Right. That is completely different. And you take a, a team out, especially without Aaron Rodgers, you take Green Bay's spirit out of them, they see 40-14. But the play calling, again, is not on the head coach. It's on the offensive coordinator. He gave the ball to Romo too much. Run the ball, hit your shots with play action, because that's where Tony Romo excels. But they put it too much in his hand. And I always say, well, Romo, man, it's not when, it's not if he makes a mistake, because all quarterbacks do, it's when he makes them. Tony mm-hmm. Romo has a knack for making it when you, when you can't have it. Like, we can't right. throw a pick right now. We cannot do that. And you always do that. You win a lot of close games, but you lose a lot of dumb ones. You shouldn't have lost this game. So first and foremost, I go to Jerry Jones, then I go to the offensive play caller, and then I go to Jason Garrett, and then I go to the quarterback because that is a hierarchy. That is a hierarchy, and that's how it happened, man. It's just a hierarchy. You can't necessarily blame the head coaches and Tony Romo because first and foremost, Jerry Jones put them all there and gave them their powers instead of hiring a general manager that can pick out the best talent, hiring your team and letting them consult you on what are the best options. You think you know it all, and you don't. That's true. Who's the coach on that team? And we've been talking about this for a long time. Do you think that... I just don't know that his ego will allow him to hire a quote-unquote football guy. And I think we talked no. about this on previous shows. What do you, I mean, what do you no. think, FIFO? No, I don't, I don't think he is, man. I, I, I think that you, his ego is, is just too much. And the reason why I, I, I'm putting – you know, I don't know the guy. I never met the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think his bravado comes off. It's, 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 it's apparent. And when you listen to the story from Jimmy Johnson's standpoint, which I believe Jimmy Johnson, the reason why I believe him is because he coached at Miami, and all the Miami dudes that he recruited, they some real dudes. So I know how they banded to him. I know he – come on, man. We can see Jimmy Johnson. We can see Jerry Jones. And who's the politician and who's the football guy? That's mm-hmm. the reason why they were winning championships, because you had a football guy. And when you thought you knew it all, and you fired your only football guy, you haven't won nothing since. It's simple, Ken. That's why I don't understand why you can never see it for being Jerry Jones. As soon as he got rid of the one true football guy he ever had in the NFL, he hasn't won nothing. That's him. FIFO, if you want to blame Jerry Jones for this season... Then you can blame Jerry Jones for this season, but Jerry Jones, regardless of whether he put the people in place, regardless of whether he gave Tony Romo this outstanding contract, you know that that made him uh, basically bonded to him, you know by devil's pact. 
Jerry, Jason Garrett is the coach, and yeah, Bill Callahan is the offensive coordinator and call the plays, but who's the head coach? Who makes the final decision? But, but Jason hey, Garrett no, should doesn't. man up and be like, no, Bill Callahan, we are not doing that. And but, but hey. and we know that Jason Jason Garrett is starting to kind of crack because who did he blame for that interception? What did he say? Romo never should have called out of that called out right. of the run play. Man, hey, he got so man, up under the say, you know what? Quick, I own dude. that. I should have stepped oh, up. I should have told Bill Callahan we're gonna call some more runs, and I should have snatched Tony Romo and said, "Look, no matter okay. what the play is, run this ball." And Jason you know Garrett what? is not doing that. But Ken, from you, do you do you know Jason Garrett was a third string quarterback when they won all those championships? Yeah. Like, he was Get on right. the roster, so he has a history with Jerry Jones. Do you think, from being a third-string quarterback in an organization headed by this one-headed monster, that when he, this man that signs your check tells you, you do not call plays, you going to go against that? If I'm winning the ball game, yes. And then I have but a talk I, with Jason Garrett and be like, look, that. man, this is what we but needed to do to win the game. But, Ken, the point is, is the fact that Jerry Jones overstepped his bounds and told his head coach that. Now his head coach is second-guessing everything, Ken. That's at the beginning of the season, Ralph. We're talking about this one game when they had a clear lead and they were not doing what they did to to have that lead in the first place in the second half of the game. You can look at Jerry Jones and question his personnel decisions all you want. Obviously, that that's a reflection of the 7-7 seven seven record. But if we're looking at that game, at that game yesterday, and in the second half when the players are on the field, throwing the ball, running the ball, calling the plays, the onus relies on the people on the field. And then after that game is over, we can talk about how the organization is run. But right now, those guys that were on the field at that moment in time, they're responsible for the loss. Okay, so let me let me let me get let me get B in here real quick. B, what, what what's your take on it? If if you gotta lay blame, is it Romo? Was it the defense or was it the coaches? I would say the coaches because I like Ken stated the play calling. I thought the way Dallas came out passing the ball like they was down my fucking four touchdowns. When obviously for the past five or six plus weeks. You got to run the ball with Demarco Murray. He's he's right. averaging. I think that game. I think that game. He was averaging, he was averaging like, seven yards a carry. Yes, yeah, seven yards a carry. And you go in the second half, passing the ball like you're down by five touchdowns. And why not run the? You're already up. You got the comfortable lead. Why not run the ball? Run that clock down. Run it down. So I would say coaching. I mean, I blame all the coaches, all of them. I mean, bad play calling. Even the kick yeah, coach. Play, yeah, I mean, you know, even the kick coach. Like, I think even last week, you know, uh, Tony Romo actually had a, a decent game. It's just the defense played like fucking shit. But they actually right. the, defense played, the defense played pretty decent, you know, in the first half of this game. You already up against a second-string quarterback and Matt Flynn. Freaking run that rock <sighs> anybody. I don't, I don't care if it was Matt Flynn or Aaron Rodgers. Run that rock and run that clock out. You, you got right. DeMarco Murray. Who's 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 balling? So why go away from that? That 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 I blame the coaches completely. The coaches, coaches. I I think um I, I mean all three of you made some great points, man. I I really my my two cents. And you got you guys already know I'm I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy hater. 
So nothing makes me feel better than to see them lose in, in, in which the manner in which they did. Um, that being said, looking at it objectively, I'm, I'm going to put blame on all three parties. One, Romo, I understand Romo checked out of a, uh, on that first interception that was picked off by Sam Shields. I understand he checked out of a run into a pass. I, I don't have a problem with that per se because you still have time. And honestly, if he makes a better throw, I didn't see the safety there. So if that corner bites on that route and he doesn't break, and he doesn't break up that ball, uh, Miles Austin is going for seven. You know what I'm saying? So, but that first interception was bad. And I think even the, I think that Romo actually threw an interception, the one that they called back from Troy. I thought that was an interception myself. I don't really know yeah, how they overturned yeah. that one, but you know, I thought Dallas caught a break right there. But then that's that second one. That receiver number eleven, he clearly was not trying to get hit. You know, I know that I played with that. I've never played in the pros, but I know he ran what's called a pigtail right? You're supposed to go in and out. And when you when but the problem was when he was supposed to come back out, he saw that corner there, so he knew if he went for that ball he's gonna get lit up. And he didn't make a play on the ball. And he stopped. And he wanted to get hit. Romo really threw the ball where it was supposed to be it was supposed to have been thrown. The guy just didn't run he didn't run the route completely. Um but nevertheless, you still Romo's got to take that. You know, he's got to take that interception. So I blame him. Uh, much like you said, be coaching staff. I, the play calling was horrible. I mean, you don't if you're averaging seven yards a carry with a running back, and and Green Bay showed no signs of stopping Demarco Murray. You 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 just got to keep giving him the ball. Keep giving Murray the ball. Right. Him right. Because if if for nothing else, you're killing the clock. The clock is on your yeah. side. You know, so the coaching staff. I mean, they totally blew it. You know, Garrett can throw Romo under the bus, and deservedly so. He deserved to be thrown up under the bus. But at the same time, Garrett has to look at his offense coordinator, Bill Callahan, and say, yo, man, what are we doing here? Why, you know, why are we, why are we throwing the ball? Um, and then last but not least, that defense, that defense has been horrible all year long. I understand that they had injuries. That's a part of the game. I understand they lost uh, Durant and the other linebacker uh, during the game. So I get that, and Sean Lee, their best linebacker, didn't even didn't even suit up. That being said, I mean they're, they're soft on the corners, they're soft in the secondary. You know, I don't know if Demarcus Ware even played on Sunday. I've never heard him call his name once. And so when you add all that together, you know, you have the kind of collapse that you had. I don't, you know, I, I think it's it's a culmination and the fact that Jerry was on the field and, you know, kind of making excuses. At this point, you can't make any excuses, Jerry. You have to realize the team for, for what it is and what you have. You know, I don't know that he's, he'll ever draft. I don't know if he'll ever hire a GM. I think he feels like he's a football guy big enough to make the transitions and make things happen and evaluate talent. But this team as constructed, Dallas, and I've said it before, 1 through 53, Dallas has as much talent as anybody else in the league. But if you can't coach it, you know what can you do? Um, now another thing about that. Uh, speaking of, about one of the talented players on the team, um, Des Bryant, uh, with a minute and 21 seconds left in the game, uh, the game was already decided pretty much. I mean, all Green Bay had to do was take a knee because they had secured the ball back. Um, Des Bryant decides to walk off the field, walk into the tunnel. Uh, but still, time still left on the clock. Uh, B, what were your what was your take on? Did you have a problem with him leaving the field 
a minute and 21 seconds before everybody else did. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a grown man in sportsmanship, I mean, of course, we all hate losing. We don't like to right. we don't like to lose, but you still got to show some type of class sportsmanship and stay on the field. Rather, just if you're not going to go shake your hand, at least stay on the field until the final buzzer goes off. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, and then and, you know, come to find out, he's saying the reason why he didn't he walked off because he didn't want the cameras to see him start crying. He went to the locker room. And start crying. <laughs> that, that was you buy that? Thing. No, I didn't buy that. But whatever. <laughs> but you know, I, I think he. I mean, you know, he was just trying to say it just to, to make an excuse of him walking off. But you know what? Man up. Take that loss like a man. And, and, and you know, if you want, if you don't want to show sportsmanship, it's fine. But at least stay until you until the buzzer, until all clock face zero, zero, zero. And then, you know, you can walk off, do whatever you want to do, be mad, throw a temper tantrum or whatever. So, yeah, it shows a little bit of class. It's a little bit of class. I mean, you're a grown-ass man, man. You're not, you're not a little kid. Okay, what about you, Ken? What, what's your take on it? I, I I believe he he did go in there and cry. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I buy I buy what he said. Now I know he's he's definitely trying to make an excuse for why he left the field. I don't understand why you want to go in and cry and then come back out and tell everybody you were in there crying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like I'm like, well, 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 you're not helping. Cry, baby. You know, yeah, you're a grown man, dog. You're a grown ass man, dog. Grown ass man. Grown ass. <laughs> but um, oh man, you know what? I'm with Des Bryant. Let me let, because let me tell you, if I saw my team lose a game like that, I would be tearing shit up left and right. right. You thought right. they saw an angry black man the last time, and I'm just trying to win. I just watched the, one of the worst collapse of my NFL career, and I just happened to be on the, on the side. Right, right. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the losing end of Man, I'm, I'm tearing everything up. So you know what? I'm like, you know what? I'll deal with the media uh, storm. I'm going to remove myself from the situation because I don't know how I can handle myself right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, B, 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 trust me, dog. I, I completely understand you're right. You're a grown-ass man, dog. You stay on the field, show some class, show some whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. All the cliche stuff, all the sportsmanship stuff, every single thing that we're supposed to do. But let me tell you something. When you know yourself and you know how you're supposed to react, yeah, I think sometimes it's best to just, you know what, man, I'm going to just walk away from this, and I'll just come back later. So if I'm, if I'm man, I'm telling you, man, if I'm on the sideline and I just saw that happen, man, I'm, I'm on there. I'm tearing up grass off the field. <laughs> I'm tearing the goalpost down. I am living. I am living. You you will not be you control me, so I'm gonna walk to the back. When they, y'all come holler at me, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I can't. I, I just can't. I'm too emotional. Right, right, right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll reconvene tomorrow, and I'll just take whatever it is. But yeah, he, he probably should have stayed on the side of the field. But I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. <laughs> what about you, Cifo? What's your take on it? What, what should Des Bryant have done? Would you, what would you have liked to him have done? Cifo. Cifo. Oh, my God. He probably got his Cifo phone. Cifo always, like, disappears. No, he probably got his phone. He's on my phone. Yeah, oh, my bad. My bad. I had my phone. It was on me. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I got to start like a dead quiet, end man. for a fine system. Like you get fined a dollar every time you're not on air and just put it in the pot. But um, yeah, I was saying that I, I feel like Ken. I definitely feel like Ken. Like I feel him. You know, um, obviously, look, you're a professional athlete. You get paid. At the end of the day, Kyle, you said last week is all about the money when you get to the pros, mm-hmm. and you're 100% right. You get paid to take that embarrassing loss just like you get paid to embarrass people. You are a professional. It's all even. All, these, all of these people make a lot of money. Well, some of them people make a lot of money, not right. all of them. But, um, you know, but at the end of the day, all of you guys are paid. And you win as a team, you lose as a team. Whether you were crying on the sideline, I would rather have seen you cry on the sideline because then that what that shows me is, is that you truly care. You know, cry baby, yeah. You know, you grow man, you shouldn't do that. But if if it overtook you that bad, because it's not like he had a bad game. You know, I understand, like he had right. one catch for seven yards, and then you know it goes right. down like this. Like you shouldn't cry, but damn, like if you gave your all, your all, and this dumb shit happened. Even though you shouldn't cry because you're grown, man, and, and, and this is just a game, but damn, at least I feel you. T.O. did it. I felt him. Like, you no. can talk anything you want about T.O., but you knew that when he was on that field, he was out there balling. He was playing. He played hard every time. So, you know, like, I, I respect that, man. But, you know, him leaving, kind of a punk move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I said the same thing. It was... It, it was it was a sucker move, man, because here's the thing. It was only a minute 21 left. It wasn't going to kill it. I know he said he didn't want to see them take a knee in the victory formation. I mean, that's everybody's favorite play to see if you're on the winning side because that means the game is secure. You, you know, barring a fumble or something like that, you're going to win the game. We've all been on that side of the field. We've all been on the losing end. I understand the competitiveness if you're a competitor, we talked about being competitive on this show. If you're a competitor, nobody wants to lose. I don't want to lose to my mama. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, no matter what I'm doing, I don't want to. I don't ever want to lose. And, and, and the, the the taste of losing, it, it doesn't sit well with me. So I get that. And I'm pretty sure somebody like Des Bryant, who probably won a lot in high school, won in college. You know, he's with America's team. He didn't expect to lose that game. That being said. Show some class. Show some some type of professionalism. You are a professional football player. You know, act like you got some sense. It, you know what? I would have. I would not have had one problem with Des Bryant if the clock struck zero and he grabbed his helmet, walked off the field, and didn't shake anybody's right. hand. Right. I wouldn't have a problem right. exactly. at all because exactly. a lot of people don't do that. Personally, I believe in shaking hands after the game, but I understand those that don't. So I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But the fact that you did it, and, and you know, and, and I mean, come on. That's why it's a gazillion cameras in Texas Stadium. You mean you think you were going to walk off and nobody not notice you walking off? <laughs> right. And then he said, oh, yeah, I was following Jerry up the tunnel. You wasn't following no freaking Jerry. Jerry was on the sideline. I don't know where that came from either. He was following Jerry up the tunnel. He, he was going, and I understand not wanting to. To be able to show your emotions, if you and I'm pretty sure he was the only one in the locker room crying. I have a, I don't have a problem with guys crying on the sideline. I mean, you gave your all. Sometimes you come up short, but come on, man, act, act like you act like you have some type of common sense. You know, it just it's just crazy to me, and it's very unprofessional. And more and more, the more and more he talks, the more and more he acts. 
He looks like T.O. 2.0. That's what he reminds me of. T.O. 2.0. So we'll see. I hope he's not. Because I thought T.O. was a phenomenal talent. But what happens is teams will, and we all know this, teams will put up with a guy who's talented but an asshole. But after a while, as your talent's diminished, all they see is an asshole. You can't tell me that a guy like T.O. or Chad Ochocinco couldn't have helped the team this year. Of course they could because they still have skills. But nobody mm-hmm. wants to deal with the, the BS and the, the other ancillary stuff that they bring to the table. So that's my two cents. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Once again, this is Dead End Sports. I'm co-hosted with my boys, FIFO, Ken, and B from Dead End Hip Hop. Right here, we are Dead End Sports each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, don't just listen to the show. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure that you check out our website, deadendsports.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. Also, if you're on Facebook, check us out on Facebook. We got a Facebook page too as well. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Dead End Sports. Um, next question I wanted to ask you guys. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, if you're an athlete uh, and you're about to play in a big game, what hip-hop song or songs are you going to listen to before the game to get you hyped up? I'm going to start with you, Ken. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat the question. If you're an athlete and you're about to play in a big game, it's the, it's the you know SEC championship game, or or it's the you know you're about to play up against a big rivalry. What hip hop song or songs, or maybe albums, if you will, are you going to listen to before the game to get you hyped up? Um, man, this one was, was a little bit tough, but then it then it hit me. Um, Esquire. I'm, let I'm me let me get the last scratch. I'll take it. Nah, man, uh, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, dog. Like, I'm going out to illest nigga alive. I woke up this morning feeling like that nigga. That's the one that I'm walking onto the field. Because that beat, the chorus, like, that whole thing, like, you walk up and just, just, just every step you take, you just enveloped and just. And swag and confidence. You be like, you know what? I am this motherfucking nigga. Your shoulders moving, and you're gonna do whatever it is you need to do. So, um, yeah, man, this was, this one was tough. I was digging into the archives. Like, man, I know there's there's some songs that I got that just really just do it for me. Like, get me hyped. I was thinking about like uh, Masterpiece, No uh, True, No Limit Soldier. Yes, uh, you know, going out to that or that used to be mine in high school right there. No Limit Soldier. Me too. Yeah. But uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'll, I'll stop there because I don't know what anybody else will say, so, and then we can kind of go from there. So, because I, I already see B like, yeah, yeah, that was my joint. So I, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let everybody else go. I mean, we may have something that's gonna cross reference each other, but go ahead. But you know, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you pick, it doesn't matter. And it can be past or present uh, hip hop. It doesn't matter. Old school or new. So what about you, uh, FIFO? It, you, you, you're warming up. You, you got the. Uh, you got the Beats by Dre uh, headphones on. Uh, what, what are you I don't rock those what, no more. What's, what's getting you hyped up? I, I don't. I don't. I don't rock Beats by Dre's no more. I, I oh, rock the Audio Technias. Audio okay, good, There though. you go. We, we, we ain't getting paid by either, so it really don't matter. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, man, I, I think I gotta go. I, you know what? We had this question, like a variant of this question, on Dead End Hip Hop, where it was like. 
what if you only had one album you were standing on the island, what would you take? I said the black album. And for me, man, oh, I'll wow. probably Yeah, for me, I will probably play uh, What More Can I Say? Just because, like, w- when I listen to that, it's like Jay is expressing that I'm the greatest. So there's, like, what else do you want me to tell you? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, like, every t- like that gives me hype because, oh, Kennedy will tell you all the time. I say, I may not be the best point guard in the world, may not be the best point guard in the world, but I'm the best point guard you play- you'd have never played with. So I really take that, like, really big. You know, like, I, 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 I me being a point guard, I... I love it, you know, so it's like, what more can you, like, what else you want me to do? Like, I'm that dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm that point guard, dude. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to play with a better point guard than me. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, B? What what, what are you putting on to get you, it, it could be a song or, or songs or, or album, if you will, that's going to get you hyped up to play this big game? Oh, shit. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to easier. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ken. Uh, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire. Woke up that morning feel like that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I I was thinking you mean like songs you listened to like back then in the day or whatever. I ain't know. No, I mean I it's, it's, it's whatever. Like it's whatever. It's if you oh, if maybe no, maybe no, if no, high no, school no, or, or even now was, if you had to go play a big game tomorrow, what would you put on? No Limit Soldiers and Triumph by Wu-Tang. Either one of those two songs oh, give me going crazy. Triumph. Man, Triumph used to give me going. The way that shit come on and then ODB get to talking, oh, that shit used to give me so fucking hype before basketball games. So, easily I would say No Limit Soldiers and Triumph by Wu-Tang. I mean, easily. Okay, okay, That's okay. Easy. That's easy. Um, Man, when I was... I, I'm going to give you two. When I was in school... uh. I, I, I rocked out the Biggie before our games. I, I would always play um, Unbelievable, my Biggie. I would always play that. That would give me hype. But now mm-hmm. I'm a little older. Um, you guys know I coach my son's uh, 10 and under football team. So I listen to music to get me hyped up before the game, too. Uh, of course, you know, I, because it got profanity, I'm, I'm not letting them listen to it. I got it in my ears. But, man, <laughs> y'all going to laugh at me, man. But Pastor Troy is no more playing GA. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. I would get so hyped up before our games on Saturday, <laughs> man. And the kids would be looking at me like, man, what's wrong with Coach? Like, like Coach, like, he, he ready to play. Man, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, like, work up a sweat. I'm out there running with him, jumping around and stuff. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, y'all, y'all that is coach, so hilarious. Man. Yeah, yeah. Please let us know because I got to come see that. Yeah, next year, y'all definitely got to come see me, Coach, man. That, um... Yeah, no more playing GA, Pastor Troy, right? If if I had to play a game tomorrow, that's the first thing I'm playing. Pastor Troy is no more playing GA. You know what, Kyle? Was- you know why you know why that throws me back? I remember playing football uh in high school and in the weight room. That that was one that was always in rotation. If you hit the weight room you probably heard that song about three, four times while you've been in there. Just because oh, no doubt. Right, man. It, it, man. Dude, that 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 right there, yeah, it just gets everybody hyped. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Don't just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Hit us up three four. Excuse me six six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, next question I have for you guys: uh, Gotham City, New York City. 
the Mecca, whatever you want to call it, the place of the birthplace of hip hop, what everything. Uh, it's it's not looking good in the city right now in, in New York City as far as sports teams are concerned. Uh, you got the Giants and the Jets, uh, both are you know experiencing some some great excuse me some some bad seasons, and then conversely in basketball you have the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks who are among the worst teams in the NBA. Um, so of the four coaches between Rex Ryan for the Jets. Tom Coughlin with the Giants, uh, Mike Woodson uh, with the Knicks, and Jason Kidd with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Which of these coaches do you think are going to get fired? I'll start with you, B. Which one of those do you th- or do you think all of them will get fired this season? I was going to, uh, I was going to make my money. I was going to probably say either Rick Ryan and Mike Woodson. Okay. If I was to guess, yeah, them two. I was going to say. Well, why, why are you Why are you betting on those? Um, Rex Ryan, I, I think it's just his time, man. I mean, it's just like, what, what is this, like his fourth, third, this is fourth his, bad year? I want to say this is his sixth year. Yeah, but like, I'm talking about out of them six. I don't know, two, he went two, two to the AFC Championship two straight years. But then after that, yeah. he had like, then he had like, damn near some losing seasons uh, all, every single year after that, after those two yeah. back-to-back. Um, yeah, they haven't, yeah, they haven't done much. And I mean, it's, it's nothing but these, all he's doing is just causing a circus up in New York, man. That's all there is. It's nothing but it's just a big old circus every off-season, every training camp before the season starts. It's just a big, not that the New York likes that type of stuff, but I mean, all he's doing is just causing a, a, a circus and not getting, and not getting results done now. So it's like, Rick Ryan, get out of here. And it just seemed like Mike Woodson, it just seemed like he just completely lost the locker room at in, in, in the Knicks. So that that would be my money on them two, Rick Ryan and Mike Woodson. Okay, what about you, Kent? If you had to, if you had to bet, which one of those four do uh, you think won't make it? Um, I will put my money on Tom Coughlin and okay. uh, Mike Woodson, and and. and and um, Woodson's kind of easy. I mean, even though it's not his fault, but he, apparently he's being questioned for uh, not calling a timeout and the loss last yeah, night. Yeah, did you see that last night? Yeah, I saw the highlights. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't oh, see the game, but God. I did see what happened, though. For those of you listening, what Ken and I are talking about, um, the Knicks were – up by one with and they and, and they had a foul to give against uh Washington. Uh they didn't foul uh Bradley Beal and allowed him to basically get an uncontested layup to the to the goal and so he scored with I think like six seconds left. The Knicks inbounded the ball. Now everybody in the NBA knows that if you you know once you inbound before you inbound the ball you call a timeout. That way you can advance the ball to half court, set up your strategy, what have you. Woodson doesn't call a timeout that they clearly have they inbound the ball. Next thing you know, Carmelo's kind of coming up the court slowly. Then he rushes and shoots a, a ill-advised three-pointer uh, for them to lose the game in heartbreaking fashion. So he basically, you know, kind of fell on the sword in the in the media after the game, saying it was my fault. I should have called a timeout. But he just kind of came off as like not. He said it happened too fast. I mean, that's not necessarily the words you want to come out of the mouth of your head coach. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're talking. That's what we're referencing right now. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Ken. Go ahead and finish your point. Yeah, and I, you know, if, 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 <laughs> and I kind of kind of believe him because you know this this whole season is kind of going a little fast for him. You know, because I'm pre- pretty sure he's on the sideline like, God dang it, here we go again. 
And he's just kind of <laughs> just like, what am I going to do to secure a victory? Uh, well, you know, how about give me a chance, team a, a good chance of winning the game by calling a timeout? Because obviously Melo didn't know what the hell to do when he was dribbling up the court. Right. Because if he, if he knew what to do, he, if oh, first of all, he's a superstar. I don't want to even get into Melo. No, real quick, he's a superstar. You get the ball, you know your coach's not calling a timeout. <laughs> Drive to the hoop. Get you a better shot. You got, what, a couple of seconds, enough seconds to get up to the court. But he kind of haphazardly dribbled the ball up down the court. And then he was like, oh, I guess we're not going to call a timeout. So I guess I'll just shoot this three. And, you know, there you have it. So, yeah, anyway. um, So, yeah, I think Woodson uh, will will get the ads, unfortunately, for him. Um, But, yeah, I don't think that uh, that situation last night helps him at all. And Tom Coughlin, man, they've been trying to fire Tom, Tom Coughlin every season <laughs> right. since he started coaching. But he saves his, he saves his job with by winning Super Bowls, and ooh, they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So, and they look absolutely terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, those, those are my guys. What about you, FIFO? Uh, which one of these guys do you think, or if any of them, do you think will make it out alive? Um. All right. I'm. I'm. Look. The first one that I'm gonna go with is Mike Woodson because he's not gonna finish the season. Um. That that that's just not gonna happen. I I, I don't think it will. I've never liked Mike Woodson. Anybody that talks basketball with me knows this. Like, I I. Y'all remember how I didn't like Paul Pierce? That's how I don't like Mike Woodson as a coach. I always do that. There was just something about Paul Pierce that if I ever met him, I just wanted to just punch him. You know, no, I don't know. <laughs> he just rubbed me the wrong way. Never met him. Never had no type of interaction. Just, I I don't know what it was. It was just his game. It was just, it just irked me. And Mike Woodson does that as a coach to me, man. Because I coach basketball. And... I understand at times you let you, you just go with the flow of the game. You don't call the timeout. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's right. fine. He didn't call the timeout. I would have been fine with that. But as a coach, when you see that Melo isn't going into an attack mode situation, you call timeout. You know, because I can't imagine, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, you know, uh, Damian Lillard not making a move toward the basket in that situation. You, mm-hmm. Because just me as a player and me as a coach, I'm looking to see if my guy's going to be aggressive. Like, we need to go. Like, there's like eight, ten seconds or something like that. We need to we need to get a bucket. You need to make a move and, 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 and get a shot up. Right. With, my, with Carmelo going off to the side like that, I would have been called the timeout before he could have got that shot up. Right. So, That's I, the thing. you know, I... Yeah, go ahead, no, Go ahead, Kyle. No, I was I was agreeing with you. I mean, that's the thing. Like most coaches, and, and I heard uh, I heard Stan Van Gundy uh, today on the radio say he said that one thing that uh, Eric Spolstra, the head coach of Miami, does is in a situation like that, he said when the ball goes through the net, Spolstra's already on the court calling a timeout. So he's literally standing on the court saying, "Hey, ref, timeout. Give me a timeout. Give me a timeout." That way, you know, it won't be any type of confusion as to what they're going to do. I mean, so I mean, as a coach, you just can't miss that type of stuff. Not a, not a yeah. guy that's been coaching as long as Woodson's been coaching. Yeah. 
Yep. I, I, I think, um, I, I, you know what, man? I'm kind of, I, I kind of feel for Mike Woodson. I, I like Mike Woodson here when he was here in Atlanta, what? coaching the Hawks. I, no, hold on, I like them personally. Let me. <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't like his coaching okay. style, you know, because I felt like we. But he, but the thing about it was, was that Mike Woodson could have, you know, he. Mike Woodson, you know, I don't think he did a good. He did as, as well as he could do with the the pieces that he had. You know, but he was kind of handicapped, and, and everybody knows Mike Woodson was really, really high on uh, the team drafting Chris Paul. Uh, he did not want them to draft Marvin Williams. The GM wanted to draft Marvin Williams. Uh, Chris Paul wanted to come here, and I was telling B the other day, a uh, buddy of mine wor- worked in the front office with the Hawks, and he told me that CP3 had the best workout that they've ever seen here, and he wanted to be a Hawk, and they drafted Marvin Williams. CP3 goes to New Orleans and the rest is history. And we still don't have a all-star caliber point guard of that nature and probably won't for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, that being said, I think Woodson's – I'd like to see Woodson make it, but I don't know that, it, that he will. I mean, having my farce like when he had last night, definitely not going to help. Um, I think uh, I, I think Coughlin has bought himself enough time with the Super Bowls um, the Giants have been ravaged with injuries, and and you know a lot of people haven't talked about it, but Eli Manning hasn't played well this year. He just hasn't. I mean, he's I think he's got 25 interceptions. You can't win football. You can't win football games when you turn the ball over. I think he threw five on Sunday. Um, you know, so I think Coughlin, Coughlin, and, and and Coughlin will stay. I think Rex might be done. I think it might be time for it, and it may be time for a new voice in New York. Um, Kid probably should be fired, but I don't. I think he he was handpicked by the Russian. This is the first year. I, the little bit of Brooklyn I've seen, kid looks to be in over his head. Um, time will tell. You know, time will tell. I mean, they've already had the blow up with Lawrence Frank and everything. So I don't know. I, I, I just it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you're listening live to Dead End Sports. I wanted to pass along something to you guys that I just saw. Um, Damian Lillard, uh, point guard for uh, Portland Trailblazers. We talked about Portland last week on the show. Uh, finished with 36 points tonight, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. He was 6 for 8 from three-point land. What, what's your uh, what, what's your thoughts on uh, – and I'll, I'll, I'll jump to you real quick, Ken. What, what's your thoughts on Damian Lillard and, and, and Portland and what they're doing? I think that makes them – I want to say off the top of my head they're 21-4 and four now, I think. Twenty-two and four. Well, okay, twenty-two and four. Okay, yeah, tonight's playing yeah. twenty-two. I um first, uh, you know, all, all, all credit due to to FIFO for spotlighting uh Damian Lillard's talent. He was the first guy. Uh, 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 um, um. I look at whatever you know. Okay, if it came out of proxy with no. through you beef, then I mean, I'll let him. I was saying that when he was in college. I kept. I was saying okay. that because y'all know I watch college ball. I was telling y'all, look out for him. Well, look well, cool. People and, told and, me. It's summer league. Exactly. I, I told Kenneth because I saw him in summer league. And I was like, yo, this boy oh. right here ready. He, oh, it, like, he's ready. Oh. So no, I, 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 told I, 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 think I know him in college. I know in college he was ready. I be trying to tell y'all, man, watch that college ball. All right. <laughs> My man, B, I, didn't, I didn't know you and FIFO talked. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, FIFO told me about the kid, and I was, and I I actually had him on a fantasy basketball team, so I had a chance to really, you know, pay attention to what he did for a whole season. I was like that, 
you know, the, the boy. So, anyway, I knew after watching him all last year, you know, people gave me the tip by proxy, I guess, through B. I don't know. as between y'all. But, um, but yeah, man, he seems to be making another leap. Like, it's, this is his fourth game winners tonight. And the, the kid is fearless. And, um... I passed by FIFO um, last week, and I told FIFO after what they did to uh, – damn, who, who did they beat? Um, where, where, um, oh, they beat somebody week. last year, and and, and uh, Aldridge had 30-something or 25 rebounds. And I was like, you know what? Portland is a problem. Portland is a problem for a lot of teams. 22-4 and four is, is no joke. And we're not talking about a regular 22-4. and four. They are beating right. quality teams. Yeah. Quality yeah. teams. They are. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that says a lot. They And 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 you got a guy like Lillard that can just jack it up and, and just, I mean, he, he hit, what, eight threes tonight? That's crazy. Six, six for eight. I thought he was six for yeah, eight. Yeah, six for eight. eight. Three-point round. Yeah. No, eight for 12 from three-point land. Okay, I, oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. Okay, eight for twelve. Okay, I got it wrong. My bad. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm seeing right now on ESPN. But okay, yeah, man, this this kid is this kid is something special, man. And and I think winning winning can go a long way when they, you know, especially considering the fact that they had a, a subpar, borderline terrible season last year. For them to make this transition, I, I think Lillard is is def, definitely de, definitely the the cog in that machine. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it says here that they are 11 and 0 against Eastern Conference teams. So I mean, we already said that the East is is, is watered down and whack. And I mean, they're they're making their, you know, not not just on them now. They beat OKC. They've beaten uh, Golden State. I think I think they beat Golden State twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yep. you know, it, it's not like they're just lunching off of uh, you know lesser teams. And, uh, they're they're they making plays. They're balling. So. And they and they doing this they, I think I think I'm their first-round draft pick. I think their first-round draft pick been out injured, so they haven't even been playing with him really jelly yet. So once he get going, um, C.J. McCollum, man, uh-huh. like, yeah, uh, Portland, Portland, Portland gonna be gonna be that's another team in the West to look at, look out for, man. Besides, you know, Golden State and and, and, and who else? There's another go- team on the West. You know, Houston, the Houston's and. You know all them squads, man. Portland, they looking like right now. They looking like the real deal. I mean, it's just it's December. You know, let's let's yeah. see. We're gonna have this same conversation. You know, come late March, early April. You know, as we get towards the playoff push. But right now, man, yeah, they looking like, hey, look, we a team, we a young squad that that's gonna be, you know, in, in the league and then for the years to come. So, and the Damon Lillard, I knew he was gonna be that deal. I saw I saw that fierce gameplay in college. I'm like, yo, that dude plays. You know, he, he plays like he, he owns the game, like how Kyrie Irving was. And, and dude, mm-hmm. it was like this dude, he plays like he own, he owns the game. So when I was like, he, he he's going to be just fine. And I didn't know he was going to be like this in the, by his second year, but I knew he was going to be a fourth, one of the top point guards in the league in the years to come, you know. But, damn, he, he's making a statement already as early in his NBA career. So that's crazy. Yeah, it is. I, and I think the thing is, too, is that the thing that you, you mentioned that stands out to me is, kid is fearless man and and i know we don't really get i mean unless you got league pass or whatever you know we don't get a lot of portland games obviously because of their uh uh you know record over these last couple of years but you know as far as nationally televised games man but um i think we're gonna see more of them especially if they keep if they keep this up you know that that you'll start seeing them in prime time slots and things of that nature um you know but being fearless like that man and and being able to 
you know, kind of come together. They really don't have, I mean, and, and, and Marcus Aldridge, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's he's a budding star. Lillard's a budding star. You know, but you probably, you know, unless you really, really follow basketball, you probably can't name, you know, four or five more guys on their team. But this team is solid, man. This team is very, very solid. I, I watched them the other night, and I had no idea that Terry Stotts was their head coach. And Terry Stotts had bounced around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was here in Atlanta. He was in Milwaukee. Um, you know, one of those guys that kind of bounced around and, and you know, very unassuming. But here they are. They're knocking on the door for one of the, for the best record in the NBA. And uh, like you said, it's early. But um, usually the teams that get off to a good start, they usually don't, you know, I mean, barring injury, they usually keep it up. So, uh, they're definitely a team to be looking out for. And, and folks, if anybody listening, if you've never heard it or never seen Damian Lillard, Lillard play, man, make sure you check him out, man. The kid is phenomenal. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And this is Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. we got fellas on the line. Uh, Ken, B, and FIFO, we ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Hit us up. You can jump into the chat room. The chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. You can also hit us up on Facebook as well. Make sure that you check out our website on a day-to-day basis, deadendsports.com. We always have high, heavy sports articles. What's up? Hey, you, how are you going to skip the point guard and Damian Lillard talk? What do you mean? How did you skip me? Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. See, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. You're going to skip the point guard? I forgot you skipped the point guard. Hey, you know, I should have threw it to the point guard first. See, my bad, FIFO. what's your take on Damian Lillard? Look, man, look, look, look. Me and B, B already knows I don't watch college sports. So we don't talk college basketball. He didn't tell me mm-hmm. about Damian Lillard. I didn't know about Damian Lillard through B. I knew Damian Lillard through Summer League. And I was okay. like, holy shit. I knew I didn't want to say nothing at the time, but I can't tell you how animated I was about this guy. But I knew, I said, this guy, he's a superstar. Like, he's a super, like, right now, he's a superstar. I saw it. I'm a point guard. I, I see these things. And and the thing I like him, and, and I'm going I'm to I'm say this right here, right now, it's on record. It is on record. I told my brother, and he was like, I feel you. Damian Lillard right now is the best point guard in the NBA. The best point guard. Okay, I'm wow, you, like, okay. The best point guard. Over CP3, to me, to me. Okay. The, reason why he, the reason why he's the best point guard is because... He is a natural point guard that is a shooter. Now, why that's important is because CP3, none of the best point guards are pure shooters. None of them. None of them. Then Now one of them is a pure shooter. Kyrie Irving is a scorer. And when he gets hot, that boy, hey, look, he, it don't matter where he can score. Kyrie can score. He's a scorer first, point guard second. Damian Lillard is a point guard first, shoot shooter, pure shooter second with athleticism. He has a pace to his game that like like Kyrie, you can't necessarily speed him up, but he makes a lot of silly mistakes. Damian doesn't mm-hmm. do that. 
Damien okay. is so under control. And you can't stop him because what is NBA basketball? It is pick and roll basketball. And how do you guard an athletic point guard that is a shooter second? How, like, how, how do you – do you go under the screen? You go over the screen? You double right. team him? He's making the pass. He's making the three. And then they're, they're, um, I can't remember what game I was watching, but one of the analysts pointed this out, and I'm like, wow, you know what? He's 100% right. He pointed out that Damian Lillard is an elbow shooter. When you watch him, he doesn't have to jump high. You know what I'm saying? He uses a lot of his upper body to shoot the ball. He can, okay. shoot, from 20, mm-hmm. he can shoot from 25 feet the same exact way he shoots from 35 feet because of, because of his form. So that makes him even more dangerous because he could pull up from anywhere. He has almost unlimited range. Man, Damian Lillard right now is the best point guard, in my estimation, in the NBA, man. Because not... And, and, and what helps him out, too, is because he has LaMarcus. And LaMarcus has always been a star. LaMarcus has been a star for many. He just hasn't had nobody else on his level. Now he has a point guard. I always say it. If you don't have two dynamic wing players, the way you build a team is you get you a big man and you get you a point yep. guard and you fill yep. in the rest. You fill in the rest with that. And that's what they have. They have their big man. And, and another thing about Terry Stock, the last place he was at was Dallas. And, and under Rick Carlisle, if you watch their offense, he brought a lot of what, he, what they did in Dallas. And their dirt is LaMarcus. He's getting a lot of things at the mm-hmm. high school. That's a good He's comparison. just not getting a lot. Exactly. He's not getting a lot of, you know, three-point looks because that's not his game. But the high post, the high pick and roll, high low, you, you, you see a lot of the similarities with Dallas. And the difference is, is that Dallas doesn't have a Damian Lillard type of point guard. They, they only had dirt. And Jay Kidd and old Jay Kidd, but you look at um, you know, they, come on, man, like like Portland is a problem. Portland is a problem. I definitely agree. Definitely agree. And we and we like I said, we're gonna see more Portland, man. We're definitely gonna see more Portland. And and the more and more you see, the more and more you watch them, the more and more you're gonna like them because, like like you said, Lillard and uh, and the, and Marcus Aldridge. I mean, those kids are, and, and they're young too. That's what people really kind of have to understand. They're young, so they're they're kind of they're learning as they go along, man. But the sky's the limit, man. If they can keep it together and keep playing like this, man, they're gonna really, really do some damage. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Let's move on to the next question. Next question I have for you guys. Um, this is uh, we're coming to the end of 2003. If, if you missed the beginning of the show, uh, we wanted to let you let you guys know that uh, tonight's show is the last show uh, for 2003 for Dead End Sports. We will be back uh, in the new year, 2014. That's because of the you know way the days fall. I mean, it's going to fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Uh, so we will be out, you know, wrapping gifts and partying and <laughs> doing all kind of stuff. So we won't be doing a show. So this is the last show. So it got me to thinking about 2013. Um, I want to get your opinion on things that you thought were probably the, and I'm pretty sure some of ours are going to uh, uh, intercede with each other, uh, the top five moments in sports in 2013. Ken, I'll start with you. What were your top five moments? In sports in 2013. All right, let's see. And then give a little explanation 
question as to why you chose what you chose. Okay. All right. Uh, number five. Let's see. Oh, he got numbers. <laughs> in, in, in order here. Uh, let me just go back through my list, make sure we could. One, two, three, <laughs> four. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, hmm. All right, so we'll go with. Um, y'all might notice a trend here, but uh, LeBron, LeBron James dunk on uh on, on Jason Terry, man. Um, you know what? I, and and here's why. <laughs> Jason Terry. Here's why Because Jason Terry talks so much shit yeah, This did. was finally LeBron's payback And and he he Got it in grand fashion Yeah you got the title but guess what Terry I got two so whatever But not only do I have two I'm going to dunk this ball on your ass And then I'm going to stand over you And look at you and get this tech And still <laughs> you know right. So you take that So so that's number five. That's that's my number uh, fifth play of the year. Um, number number four. Um, uh, let's see. I would like to go with. Um, uh, you know what? I don't know if this is really a good one, but I think it helped really define uh, LeBron's moment as as his career continues to. To unfold before us was uh, that shot, that shot against the Spurs, man, in Game Seven. Okay. Um, yeah. What what he did in that moment, considering all of the flack he's received during his career, the collapse in the in in the finals two years ago, even coming back and winning the finals every year going into the NBA season, favorites, not favorites, as soon as they hit a bump in the road, you know, people always questioning and doubting them, and you know, you're down three two against the Pacers and. And now you're basically willing your team to a victory. And it took every single thing you had. And you sealed the deal. You sealed a spectacular game with a bucket to put your team ahead, to give your team a, a, a lead that they desperately needed, you know, in that moment. I think they went ahead by four. But, you know, even everything that led up to that was just the three after three and the jumper after jumper and the defense. Like, Everything led up to that moment, and that's what made that moment special, considering the fact that it was Game 7 and everything that they went through, the tough series against the Bulls, the tough series against Indiana, and then, of course, the tough series against San Antonio. So I thought that that moment for him was, uh, and, and for this year was special because, you know, LeBron is really, uh, I mean, he's a dynamic player. All right, so uh, that's that one. Let's see. And number three, of course, DeAndre Jordan's dunk <laughs> on, on Brandon Knight. My God, man! That come on, man! That that was just unfair, you know. And 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 that just—I I remember when that thing just went sent Twitter crazy. Crazy, yeah, yeah. Instagram and, Instagram and Twitter, yep. Yeah, yep. man. So, man, if if you haven't seen that. That is one of the top plays of the year. Easy for me. Um, the one and two is very, very, very tough. But number two, um, I, I'll give it to, to Ray Allen. Um, 
we all know the significance of that moment, man, and and mm-hmm. what him making that shot meant because him making that shot gave LeBron his moment to continue defining his legacy and his career. And it also helped add to Ray Allen, who left Boston to come to Miami. Right, right, So right. he needed that just as much as, as, as LeBron did. And, and the game was over. So, look, we, we, we talked about that. Everybody talked about that. So that's number two. And, and I just got to give number one to, to, uh, to Auburn, man. That, that last play against the number one team in the country. Yes. Against all odds, man. You know, it's, it's, it's a miracle game. It's a big game. And now you're in the national championship off of that game in that moment, man. And, and you think about the sequence of events that led to it, you know, scoring two touchdowns in under 30 minutes or whatever. And, and the fact that you had one second left on the clock and saving and all this, this, this pride and glory decided, I'm going to go ahead and kick this field goal and kick themselves into a defeat. Um, but that was, that was just a spectacular play, man. I think that, for me, has to be the number one play of the year because of just everything that, that was was hanging on that moment. So, yeah. I mean, they, they okay, took down okay. Alabama, man. Think about that. Alabama, was, they they just killed Alabama's chance of yeah, making it. Yeah, man. That Come was on. crazy. Crazy, crazy. What, what about you, FIFO? Top five moments in sports in 2013. You know what, man? I'm, I'm over here trying to put together my list. <laughs> okay. And, um, okay, we'll come back to you. Okay. We actually got a yeah. call on the line. We'll jump to – I tell you what, we'll go to Bede and I'll throw mine in and then we'll jump to the call from area code 310 and then we'll come back to you. Um, what, what you got, B? Oh man, um, I'm just going to like say mine. I don't, I don't really have mine ranked, really. But okay, okay, um, yeah, I don't either. Um, my first one, I would like to say the uh, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. If you watch NCAA basketball like I do, yes. you know I watch the Big Dance. I love the Big Dance, and Florida Gulf Coast was the first number number fifteen seed to advance to the Sweet Sixteen mm-hmm. that year. They 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 beat the number two seed Georgetown. And they beat number seven seed San Diego State, which killed both teams, my bracket, you know, that, that killed my bracket. I mean, <laughs> does anybody know that, that does a that does a brackets like me know that Florida Gulf Coast smashed your brackets all up? And for them being the first fifteen seed to advance to the Sweet Sixteen, that shit was phenomenal, man. I thought I was, was. hoping they was going to advance. I was hoping they was going to advance to like the Elite Eight or the Final Four, just so I could have a Cinderella story. Because I I love that about March Madness, but you know. Mm-hmm. They got this week 16. That was a good season for them or whatever. Um, another one, uh, I guess I want to say, uh, you know, I, 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 only time I watch NHL is during the playoffs because, you know, my Detroit Red Wings is in it. They was fighting for their, you know, Stanley Cup because Detroit Red Wings. If you're from Detroit, you know Red Wings are like damn near almost like the, almost like the Yankees of hockey. Like, you know, they're always in the playoffs. They're always almost in the Stanley Cup finals. They win championships. But um, that particular series, it was a Boston versus a Toronto Maple Leafs, and no team has ever came back in the game seven being down by three goals or more. And Boston came back in the third period. They was down by it was four. To, I think it was four to one. They were they was down forced to overtime and won game seven. <laughs> so I, I thought that was, and I saw Toronto just collapse that 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 entire third period. That shit was crazy, man. So. You know, the NHL uh, hockey is pretty intense. And I, that's the only time I, I clearly, like, watch NHL. But that Boston Brewers and the coming back on Toronto Maple Leafs is crazy. And Boston ended up winning the Stanley Cup. 
Um, next, of course, I would go with the Ray Allen hitting the three-pointer in game six. Um, like, the end, they clearly had the trophy wheeled out, ready for San Antonio right. to celebrate. I mean, literally. And Ray Allen hit that three Ray Allen hit that three pointer to, to force it to a game seven, told them niggas to go back in the damn locker room. The trophy, we about to hoist this motherfucking game seven. So I thought that was crazy. Um, of course, um, the Chris Davis Iron Bowl miracle when he ran that damn right. <laughs> field goal tip back. And then last but not least, I mean, you know, as a boxing fan, I gotta go with uh, Mayweather dominating over Canelo Everett. Uh, okay. I, okay. I'm gonna, be, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a huge Mayweather fan, and I think a lot of Mayweather fans, such as myself, was a little bit worried him going into that fight. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I thought I thought this was gonna be his toughest fight since uh, Jose Calasillo. I don't know if y'all, if y'all ever watched that fight when he fought his fight. I saw that fight. Um, that was a tough fight. Yeah, I, I think I think that was the toughest I've ever seen Mayweather push to the limits. And I thought Canelo was gonna do the same thing. I, I knew Mayweather was gonna win, but I thought it was, he was gonna be pushed in that fight. But Mayweather just clearly showed why he is the best pound-for-pound boxer, probably, probably easily top five maybe ever, you know, of boxing because he just he just dominated Canelo. It was kind of, to be honest, it was kind of disappointing. Who was moving around? Who was doing that? People moving around, man. I don't know. I heard a lot of scratching. But um, any, but like yeah, for the way Mayweather connect, uh, dominated Canelo, it was like kind of disappointing because I was expecting a a, a a better fight. But at the same time, it was satisfying because as a Mayweather fan, I'm like, dude, this dude is like, I don't care what nobody said. This dude is the best man. Who, who is going to touch this dude? Like no one is going to touch him in the 147 weight class. Nobody, nobody. So it just it just clearly shows that this dude is the best in boxing, man. I, I love him or hate him. This dude, he he he, his craft is second to none, man. His work ethic is crazy. I mean, the way he dedicates himself to boxing, no one dedicates himself to boxing like Mayweather, dude. This dude is a freak of nature. So we are watching a legend, truly a legend in the boxing world. So then my top. Now my man Roll Tide in the chat room said that Mayweather is not in the top twenty-five. So you might want to get in there. Oh, defend your oh, boy. <laughs> he said he's the best in the, he said he's the best in the bad era of boxing. That's what he said in the chat room. Uh, yeah, better yet, jump on. in the chat room. Three four excuse me, uh, jump in the chat room. Uh also hit us up, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I'm gonna say mine and then we're gonna jump to the phone lines. Um I, I don't have mine in any, any particular order, but I have two uh, I have a couple that are that are doubles. Um uh, my first one, man, uh, came in September. Man, um, the Sandman, my Mariano Rivera. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge, huge Yankees fan. Uh, Mariano retired, and um, and that, that was tough for me to see. A uh, huge fan. Not only is he a phenomenal, arguably the best closer to ever played the game of baseball, but a great man and a great humanitarian. And um, just a class act, man. And to be honest, even at his age, he really could pitch another year or two if he wanted to. Selfishly, I would love to have him back in our bullpen again next year because he was the closer, man. They call him the Sandman. So, uh, shout out to Mariano, man. It's you know him retiring this year. I don't know what we're gonna do without him. Do without him. Um, another big moment actually happened in January, uh, and it was uh, Lance Armstrong admission of guilt in the doping. Um, that was big for me because I think Armstrong had denied it for so long. I mean, he, you know, I mean, we we all know when somebody's lying, and I think it was so many people, you know, ratting on him and telling that he was saying that he was lying, and he never admitted to it. And then he finally admitted to it. I thought that was huge. 
Um, and, you know, but, but what, what was kind of interesting to me was the fallout from it that you had so many people with his Live Strong Foundation that quit their jobs and, you know, he lost all of this endorsement money and everything like that. And he, you know, he still kind of, even at the, uh, the, the Cycling Association, he still kind of, you know, stuck his middle finger up at them, you know, virtually uh, on his way out the door. But um, I think Lance Armstrong, you know, confessing to uh, doping, I think that was big too. That was a big story. That happened back in January. Um, the next one I have, uh, actually two, two that I have together, um, two sad cases, uh, police cases actually, um, two cases of murder. Uh, the first one was the uh, Blade Runner Oscar uh, Petrorius. Uh, this was back in February. Uh, he allegedly murdered his girlfriend. Um, and then the second one was, was this summer, uh, tight end from the New England Patriots, Aaron Hernandez. Um, crazy, crazy stories. Both of them are on trial for murder. Um, just a sad, sad situation. And, and it seems like the more and more you hear the details about it, the, the crazier and crazier it gets. They, you know, of course, they're assumed uh, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, Aaron Hernandez is lucky that they haven't found that murder weapon yet. Or they haven't found somebody that's going to talk. Um, but I think they got one person that's going to talk and, and everything else we'll have to see what happens when he goes to trial. Um, but that was sad. Um, the other thing I had down here was the, uh, the miracles in Auburn, uh, the game against Georgia, uh, the Hail Mary that they won against Georgia. And then the, obviously the Chris Davis return for a touchdown. And, uh, let's see. And also I had, and, and last but not least was, um, LeBron. Uh, I had LeBron. Uh, two shots, actually. The the shot that Ray Allen hit, and I think that 18-footer that LeBron hit, uh, that kind of sealed the deal um, and sealed their championship. Obviously, if Ray Allen doesn't hit his shot in Game 6, you know, we don't have a Game 7. But I thought LeBron stepped up. You know, for somebody who had been dogged out of not being about being clutch, I think he went, what, 6 for 10 from three-point range. And, they, I mean, they just kept giving him three-pointers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and he either had a triple double or came close to getting a triple double in Game Seven. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much more clutch you could be. Um, this was clearly LeBron's year, um, you know. So you got to give him his props. Uh, once again, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. We got a call on the air. Let's not keep him waiting. Uh, going to area code three one zero three one zero. Calling you on the air with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hello, I'm Jesse from San Pedro, California. What's going on, Jesse? Yeah, man, I just want to start off with number five, man. Um, Doc Rivers headed to the Los Angeles Clippers, man. We're talking about the L.A. Clippers landing a big-name coach in Doc Rivers. Okay, incredible, yeah, what's huge. Yeah, incredible, man. I'm from L.A., man, and just getting Doc Rivers over here, it was it was huge, man. The Lakers fans were over here whining their ass. So, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, number four, I would have to go to the man Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl run. Oh, I mean, oh, from definitely. that AFC divisional game in, in Denver, man. That overtime game was just mm-hmm. just crazy, man. It's crazy. Number three, I would have to go with man. There's so much sports moments. Oh, Floyd Mayweather. Okay, you still there, Jesse? Against Canelo Alvarez. Floyd Mayweather, the one, Canelo Alvarez. Okay, man. okay. What yeah. an event. What an event, man. Just 
just from the promotion, the build-up, and just Floyd Mayweather's dominant, top five dead or alive, easily. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, come on now, we got to go to the NBA, man. Game six, NBA finals. There you go. Comes up the whole NBA season, baby. Ray Allen, from Ray Allen's shot to the heat storming back, incredible, man. Never forget that. And what you got for number one, man? Number one has to be the Iron Bowl, man. That game. <laughs> yes, motion, sir. Man. Yeah, man. And then just to top it off, it's the final year of the BCS. I mean, what, what else can we ask for, man? The final BCS year. It was just meant to be, man. Florida State, Auburn National Championship. Who knows? That's true. Yeah, That's that true. Was, so do you uh, buy into uh, the, the theory that Auburn is a team of destiny? Or do you think Florida State's gonna, uh, Florida State has enough behind you? The new Heisman Trophy winner, Jameis Winston, Winston uh, yeah. carrying them. Well, who, who, who are you liking the game? I think Auburn defeats them. Man. I mean, they come from the SEC. I mean, okay, I don't understand okay. their their fate. You know, that pass versus Georgia. That was we got to say that was luck, obviously. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, Auburn is going to cap it off this year. Now with the final cherry on top in Pasadena. Okay, okay. Well, definitely. Hey, Jesse, uh, you got anything else for us tonight, man? Yeah, man. I just want to thank you guys. I love you guys. That in sports, that in hip-hop. You guys are the best. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate, thank you, man. appreciate it, man. Appreciate this. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you. Peace. Phone number, Jesse, called area code 646-478-0356. Calling from California. Thanks for calling in, Jesse. 646-478-0356. Uh, let's kick it back over to FIFO. FIFO, you got your uh, list together? Yes, sir. I got my list, man. I got my list. All right, all right, all right. So I, I got mine in order. You know, I, I just have to do it that way. But um, my number five moment is Stephen Curry's emergence against New York with 54 points. Ooh. I think that was the game. I remember that game. That, he was yeah. on fire. Yeah, I, I think that was his moment. Like, that was like, hey. I, I ain't playing around here. <laughs> I'm better yeah, right. me out here. You know, I, I think I, I think that was Steph Curry's moment, um, and, and you know that, that transcendent moment to becoming a superstar. Like Paul George's was the dunk on Birdman. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so that was big too. It's not in my top five. Uh, number four, DeAndre Ber- uh, Jordan versus Brandon Knight. That was nasty as hell. Like, come on, for real. I think that, that I think that's probably going to go down as the greatest dunk on a person ever because it shouldn't have happened. Okay. It happened. Uh, right. My number three story is ACL tears. Oh it, it yes. Just, it, it just it doesn't matter what sport, football, basketball is just everybody's having an ACL. So you know that, that's that's pretty big. Uh, my that's your that's two, your favorite moment. That's your. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like it's, it's just a big moment. It's not my favorite, but it was just something big that happened in sports. That's happening in sports right now. So it's just you know just want just want to shed some light on that. I think that's like a really big topic right now. Oh, um, man. my number two moment, uh, 2013, Ray Lewis going out on top. You know, um, B says it all the time, man. I feel just like B with this. If Ray Lewis came and pressed me, I would believe I could go out there and contribute on an NFL team, man. I really do. Like, he, like, this guy, 
I just love the fact that he went out on top, a defensive mm-hmm. guy that leads his team in the, you know, even in the old NFL and now in the new NFL to win a Super Bowl and, and even to, you know, having to save off the 49ers and the whole, you know, debacle with the lights and all that. So, you know, just to really go out on top, you know, that that's hard to do in football. And when you get that opportunity and it happens, then you, you know, you, you, you got to hang them up. And they've been knocking on the door the last couple of years. So, you know, just going out on top. And then my number one moment, and, you know, B got Detroit versus everybody. And I know I got my Chicago versus everybody, but I, when I break <laughs> it down a little further, I got my Cubans versus everybody, man. You feel please coming into baseball, okay. ripping it up. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. talking smack. No, he shouldn't be in the All-Star game. Yes, he should be in the All-Star game. And that is the reason why the NBA is what they are, and that's the reason why baseball keeps struggling and they can't attract new fans. you got to put the young people in there. You do. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want to see. You want to see guys come in and ball. That's why they had to put Lynn on the All-Star in the All-Star event somehow. You had to. There's no way he's balling in New York putting up all them numbers, and he's not in some type of all-star festivity. You make rules. You are the lead. You promote your players. That is your main job. So, you're still pleading, number one. Cuba. <laughs> I definitely didn't. I'm not laughing. I didn't, I didn't expect that, but I, hey, that, he tore up the league, man. He definitely tore up the league. If you if you if you're not into major and we're gonna talk major league baseball too when the season comes in. Don't think we, I mean dead end sports man. We know, we know it all. We know all the sports. We're gonna talk about them. Um, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the support. We can't say that enough, man. Because 2013, this this thing right here came together very fast, and I'm I'm, I'm really amazed each day is as how we continue to grow. So and we, and we couldn't do it without you. So I gotta say thank you. Uh, but yeah, man, you still be. Kid is a beast, man. I think if he can get it together and the Dodgers kind of reel him in just a little bit and, and, and market him, because they really can can market him and his background and everything like that, especially in that area in the West Coast, man, I think sky's the limit. And the Dodgers are on the cusp of doing a lot of great things. I mean, they were there this year. I think they can, you know, make it back. Um, once again, hit us up, 646-478-0356. You can hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. You can also hit us up individually on Twitter. Uh, hit up FIFO at FIFO247. Hit up Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. You can also hit up BZ at B-E-E-Z-Y 430. You can also hit up me, 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. Make sure that you check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, if you missed any parts of this show, make sure to check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. Um, hey, so Kyle. the next question I have, what's that? Hey, uh, I, I gotta I gotta interject here real quick. Go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm a little, I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with with B um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where he's about to be going, but go ahead, go ahead. Nothing, not one thing for Calvin Johnson's monster game. Against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but it wasn't nothing like it wasn't like it was a playoff game or it wasn't like a pivotal. I don't know. It, I mean, it was amazing. Yes, it was. It was. It was. Awesome. You know what? I would have probably had it if he'd have broke the record. 
I think he was like six yards away from breaking the single game uh, record. Right, right, for, right. Uh, most reception yards. But I mean, you know, we got the win. And, you know, it's it was good. Jesus Christ. Damn, I thought my moment, I thought those moments were better, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, like I said, it was, if it was a playoff, if it was a if it was a wild card game, probably or something, a playoff game, oh yeah, easily or something. But you know, we're not in the wild card playoffs yet. But oh, you, you, yeah. you're mad. you know he's about to ask him about the last night's night. game too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, he, he's mad about no. last night. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll move on. Go ahead, Kyle. We don't want to bring that up. Yeah. But, hey, I do, I, I do, I do want to touch on this, though. This this, this probably would have got honorable mention for favorite moments because did y'all see Adrian Bronner get his get his shell rocked? He had it. Y'all see with his Zab Judah with his Zab Judah leg? And he had the Zab Judah leg, dude. He, he had the same leg. Adrian like, is, did they test him for drugs or something? Because he's clearly oh, on man. something. Dude, he was he had, like he was dry he was dry humping the dudes all like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's like that's like so that's so homo, dude. Like well, why would you do that? Like why would you why would you hump like that? Why man. would you hump him like that? Oh my god. And we're, yeah, we're gonna talk boxing it's, too uh, on, on, right here on this show as well. Oh my god. And um, B, what up? Wait, you know what the irony of that situation too? When what? uh Medina did it to Bronner, that kind of sparked him and like he really took Bronner out after that. Yep. Yep, he sure did, man. He took him straight out of his game plan. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah, that was crazy. It just shows you, man. Like people say, you know, next Mayweather, whatever, man. He he don't have that dedication nope. like Mayweather do, man. Nah, Mayweather not, has not that at dedication. All. Not at all. Man, don't, you cannot deny Mayweather's dedication, dude. Like I don't care, love him or hate him, you can't deny it. <laughs> but, dude, dude, man, there's a lot of people that hate him. There's a lot of people that hate they him and, and won't give him his props. Um, yeah, I think you know, but you, you, you can't argue with with the results. You, definitely can't argue with the right. results. Right, you can't argue with the results. And what he doing in the ring? What are you saying, people? Yeah, I think I think the difference between Bronner and Mayweather it goes beyond dedication. Like, Mayweather talks shit, but he backs it up. And, like, Bronner, he, he relies on his athleticism way too much. He's, he's not a tactician. Like, Mayweather, he knows that I'm better than you, not because I'm more athletically gifted than you, but because I am a better boxer than you. And Bronner yep. comes off like right. I'm just this athlete and you can't hit me. Like like Mayweather is a student of the game and Bronner's not. Like Mayweather not, have dude. to look at film. No, he don't. That's you crazy. He feel you. He, what, what boxer does that, dude? What boxer just adjusts to you round by round, man? That, like, that's crazy. That is crazy. I've never seen nothing like that. Never seen it. Well, Bronner, Bronner's gonna have to go back to the. He's gonna have to go back to the blackboard because it's it's it's, it's what happened Saturday night. Clearly, it's not it's clearly not working for him. Um, no. Nope. Let's see. We got another caller calling. I think they're calling via Skype. Calling you on the air. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, man. It's Naj in Atlanta. Hey, I was the one in the chat room with the. You know what I mean? Whole little boxing uh, conversation about. Oh, okay. okay. What would you say? Your name was again? Yeah, Naj. Naj. Okay, what's up, Nas? Yeah. What you got for us tonight, man? Yeah, man, uh, that top list, man, y'all already got that, man. Everything y'all covered was pretty much it as far as top stories of 2013. But mm-hmm. uh, if I could just kind of get into this Mayweather thing, I, I posted go, go it. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Floor is yours. Jake LaMotta, Jake LaMotta's 26 on the all-time list if you go by the ESPN list. But you can use Burt Sugar or uh, Dan Raphael or any other boxing historians. But look, man. May is the all-time great, yes, but he's way down the list because he's fighting in a bad era. He's the best of this era. Boxing has lost a lot of talent to MMA, 
to football and a lot of other things. It's not like back in the day where most of your neighborhood wanted to grow up and be boxers. True. Things have changed. So, so it's not the same talent. But do I still think Mayweather would make easy work of Pacquiao? Yes. He's the best oh, of, of this course. era. Of course. No oh, question. I, I, I've been saying that for the longest. I don't know why people think Pacquiao doesn't have a chance. Like, okay, so let me ask both of you guys this. If if we put Mayweather, and, and I hate to do this, but we do it all the time. <laughs> we do it all the time. If you put Mayweather in the the, the early to mid '80s, the Sugar Ray against the Sugar Rays or the or the Roberto Durans, how do you think he would fare? I, I think he would I, I, represent himself I, I, well and walk out still a legend, but he would have some L's on that record, just like the rest of those guys of that okay. era. Okay. They fought, okay. Think about it. Ray fought Hagler. He fought Hearns and Durant. Like, think about that. He fought Hagler, Hearns, and Durant during his career. Put that up against he, anybody on May's resume. Man, I, man, them dudes ain't adjusted like Mayweather, man. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't see, the, I don't see the, the only person, the only person I can probably see, but he was a middleweight. He was a natural middleweight with Marvin Hagler, but Marvin Hagler, we know uh, Mayweather's a natural welterweight. He's a one forty-seven, you know. Guy. He, you know, I mean, yeah, assuming he made the weight. That's what I'm, I mean. I know it's he yeah. has to go up or go down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I okay, mean, but let's flip that question though. You take any of those guys and bring them into this era by themselves. What do you think they would do? You don't think hers would clean up now? You don't think Hagler would clean up now? Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't clean up Mayweather. Work out here, man. They they clean up, but they wouldn't clean up Mayweather though. Bernard Hopkins, Hopkins is still boxing at 50. There's a reason. <laughs> but, but Bernard Hopkins is a middleweight, though. I mean, I'm just talking well, about... Well, I'm, I'm just talking Mayweather. about the talent across the board. It's not the same. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not Mayweather's fault. Like I said, you can make this same case in all sports. I mean, it's, it's, it ain't Mayweather's fault that he's... Dom- yeah, but see, but, but this, this is what I'm saying. It's different because they lost a lot of talent. Back in the day, you got retired. When Sugar uh, Ray Leonard got in there against Terry Norris at the end of his career, they sit you down. Nowadays, yeah. these old dudes are coasting, still getting money. And and Broner the other night, man, Broner looked terrible. And Terry, any comparisons man. to Mayweather are silly. He doesn't have the defense. He gets touched a lot. Nope. And yep. he needs to throw that shell away because he can't execute it. Yep, I agree. But yeah, yeah definitely man, shout out to Mike. He gave that work. But yeah, yeah man, I hang up definitely. the list, man. All, All right, right, man. Wait, well, hey, Nas. Thanks for calling in. We definitely appreciate the boxing talk, man. Definitely appreciate it. And thanks again for calling in, bro. We appreciate it. All right. All right. Peace. Phone number Nas called area code six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. Once again, I am your host, Twelve Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. We've got Ken B. FIFO on the line. We're talking sports up until eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do just like Nas did. Give us a call, man. We'll talk to you. Give us a call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Next question I have for you guys. Um, I mentioned when we were talking a little bit earlier about LeBron, um, the word clutch. Um, that word gets thrown around a lot, <laughs> especially on you know social media sites like Twitter and Facebook, and it, it's in the discussion. And you know, if you go into barbershop, you have guys talking about that kind of stuff. Um, so the question I have for you guys, uh, and I'll start with you first, FIFO. Name any athlete, name an athlete in any sport 
that you would define as clutch? Let's let's go with current athletes. I don't want to do with the athletes in the past. Athletes that are currently playing right now in any sport, who would you define as clutch and why? Hmm. Who do I define as clutch? Tom Brady, man. As much as I don't like the Patriots. Yes, sir. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, I, I just don't like the Patriots like that. But, <laughs> I don't think know, anybody I, does outside of Boston. Yeah, you know, I'll call a spade a spade. And that boy, Tom Brady, he gets the job done. So, you know, that I think he is the epitome of clutch. When you need a big play, uh, he makes it. You know, you let him know what, he, what, what, what you need, and, and he'll get it done. So that, that that's what's clutch. You know, not throwing interceptions with two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ken? Uh, clutch. Who, who would you define as clutch? Man, uh, Derek Jeter, man. And uh, like FIFO, I, I, I didn't. I don't really care much for the guy, but I've had the privilege of watching him play and watching him come up with clutch hit after clutch hit after clutch hit, and it's just remarkable how he just keeps coming up big in big moments. And we all we all know baseball, man, it's not it's harder to do that in baseball, I would mm-hmm. argue, because because of the statistics against you. You know, your your 30% is is good, right? Anything over 30% is you're an yeah. exceptional yeah. player. You get you get three three out of three times three out of every 10 times you're 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 up to bat. Yeah, so that guy, man, when he gets up, <laughs> I, 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 I kid you not, man, every time I watch a baseball game, man, and I'm like, oh, my God, not Cheater. And he always came through year after year, game after game after game, man, and then big moment after big moment. It, it didn't matter what it was. Derek Jeter was, was that is that dude because I think he's still playing. Um, yeah, man. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Who's clutch for you uh like okay what do you mean i clutch like we're always winning the big games or just hitting the big shots or, or it's i mean kind of a little bit of winter, i mean just coming through at that pressure filled moment where everybody else would probably wilt away but this guy or girl steps up and makes the plays or makes the shots or makes the, the basket or whatever the hit to to, to help the team or help themselves Stafford. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Well, no, we're talking. We're talking. He said Stafford. <laughs> we're, talking, no, we're talking. We're talking current athletes. Current, current athletes. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh man. Oh shit. You died. You took my thunder. Now I was like Joe Montana. <laughs> like dude had cold ice in his veins. Um. Damn. I'm not, you got me thinking on this one, now. Nah. I, I, I'm thinking all time and shit. Like, hey, Montana. <laughs> yeah, that's too easy. That's too easy. Oh goodness. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with people, man. Yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady. Clutch. I'm not going to say Peyton Manning. I'm missing. Nah. Peyton Manning. Not, not, not like Tom Brady. <laughs> nah. Um. Um. Yeah, I can't. I, man. I, I, I wanna, I wanna say, I, I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but go ahead, Kyle. I'm pretty sure you might. I'm, I'm a good. Well, Brady was definitely my football list, um, but it, since you guys already said Brady, I'm, I'm gonna go with Kobe, man. I, I'm gonna go with Kobe. I think, you know, given the situation, no matter what the situation is, I think more often than not, he is going to 
come up with that big shot. Or if you need a defensive stop, I think Kobe's going to be that guy. You know, um, you know, he's still obviously. I, I saw him the other night when they played here against the Hawks. I mean, he's still a little rusty, um, and it may take him a while to get back into his because he's in essence still playing in the preseason. Um, or at least his body is. Um, but um, but yeah, man. I, I think I, as much as I don't like him personally, I, don't, I can't front on his talent. Um, Kobe's clutch, man. He he is clutch. He if if I needed that shot to be knocked down, we're down by two. You know, needed to go in overtime or need somebody to take that three. And and, and not only is Kobe, and see you guys, we we all know you guys play ball. I mean, it's a lot of guys that are. I mean, every nobody's afraid to take the shot when the game is tied. Because you know what, if you miss it, we going overtime. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and Durant, Durant's another one, man. Durant yeah. has this streak, man. And, and I think I, I think Durant, for as nice as he is, he gets a bad rap because he appears to be somewhat quiet. But man, Durant, Durant will rip your heart off, man. I, I I think he's. I don't know why he's gotten. I don't know if it's because he lost LeBron that year, or you know because he kind of for lack of a better term, defers to Russell Westbrook. Um, but, man, Durant's a he, – he is a beast. He will he will take that shot and at a moment's not, and, and don't even care, you know, about what's going to happen and not really worry about it. And like I said, there are a lot of – the NBA's filled with guys who will take who, – who are more than willing to take a shot when they're behind. But, you know, it's – or excuse me, when, when, when the score is tied. But when you're behind and they actually need you to make that shot – um, it's very few and far between. Um, somebody in the chat room mentioned uh, David Ortiz. David Ortiz, man, I hate Boston Red Sox with a passion. But that dude is clutch, man. He is clutch. Yeah. Uh, Ray Allen was mentioned also by my man Zero Dark Thirty in the chat room. Clutch as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, would it's just funny though how people have turned on Kevin Durant and, and just. Almost one season. You know, a couple of years ago, it, it was like, it you is. know, and Durant, Durant. Now everybody's kind of jumping on the guy's back, man. Like, like he's nothing anymore. And you know what, Ken? I don't know if it's. I saw some people giving Kevin Durant, and I know it was on social media. People say whatever they want on Twitter. Um, but people were giving him some flack because he had developed. Uh, a, a friendship with LeBron, you know, over their summer that they, you know, played in um, in the Olympics, and they were saying, "Well, you know, how could you be friends with this guy? He just beat you for the finals." You know, I mean, at some point in time, I mean, if you, <laughs> I mean, you you spend the three months together, you, you know, you're probably going to be friends, or at least, you know, make an attempt to get to know a guy a little bit better. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that that changes anything about Kevin Durant. Like I said, I think he's still top five, top three player in the NBA. Um, but but I, I'm glad you brought it up, man. I, I agree with that, I, and I don't know why it is. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of been a little backlash. And like I said, I don't know if it's because because they lost or people think he defers to Westbrook. Because he's not – I mean, we watch the games. He's not as demonstrative as Westbrook is. Westbrook is, you know, real loud, brash, in-your-face kind of guy. And Durant's not like that, but he, he's confident as hell. He's confident. He knows what he can do. Yeah, and I think that's the storyline that that we're hearing right now. It's it's this whole, um, you know, the the Westbrook Durant, you know, 
Westbrook being the alpha dog and, and they're basically putting Kevin Durant as, as second fiddle. And it really kind of, from what I saw up until lately, it kind of wasn't that. Like Kevin Durant was, like you said, at times when he hit a shot, man, he would show a lot of emotion, especially when he was younger because he has hit his fair share of shots. But last year and I think during the finals, the story has been more about Westbrook being the guy and the alpha dog, and and Kevin Durant has really been taking a lot of heat for that. And um, so it, it's, it, it's amazing how things can really change from one season to another because, you know, a couple of years ago, Kevin Durant was the second-best player in the, in the NBA. And, yeah. and, and now you, you know can't, can't win. Here's the thing. Like, Durant, look, he – in, in, in basketball, there's different types of ways of being alpha dogs. Okay. Durant is an alpha dog just differently than Westbrook. Westbrook, and the thing is, is like Westbrook is the type of player to me, the, their dynamic is Westbrook has to eat first because Durant can eat whenever he wants to. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So when, when Westbrook can't eat or he's struggling to eat, oh, Durant go eat. You see what I'm saying? Like, Durant is always going to be there. But what you have to get Westbrook off to a good start, or else it's always on Durant. Now, Durant can save you some games, but he's not going to – he can't do it by himself. And I think what took a knock for me on Durant is when Westbrook got hurt and how OKC struggled. Granted, you know, it – it happened at the worst time in the playoffs. Not like they had a couple of season games to get used to just playing with just Durant. I understand that, mm-hmm. but like in Memphis with Durant missing free throws and things of things of that nature, you know, I had to knock him a couple of notches down because okay. that's what LeBron dealt with all his years in Cleveland by himself, by himself, and and it's not easy. And to me, that that just showed the disparity. It's close. It's, Durant is clear-cut number two best player in the NBA, but it is he is not close to LeBron. And and I was almost happy that happened because to me it was a revelation for the rest of everybody else to see. And LeBron again is separating himself. Durant now is starting. You can see it in, in this game and in Westbrook's game where they're starting to understand basketball more. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is already there, and LeBron... Man, at the end of the day, nobody is close to LeBron James in basketball. Durant is number two, but nobody's close. Durant... And and, and he just got knocked down a notch, I think, mainly because you saw his flaws last year by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't say the same thing for Westbrook. Honestly, if if Durant went out, I honestly think Westbrook is like, yo, I'm scoring, like I'm doing whatever, because he damn near does whatever now, and I and I think that that team could almost survive better with Westbrook as a solo star than Durant as a solo star. I, I think Westbrook is a solo star kind of guy, like 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 D Rose. You know, I, I want to throw something out that you guys I just threw out in the, in the chat room. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that, FIFO. Um, nobody mentioned Carmelo. Um, hmm. And Carmelo is, you know, another member of that uh, heralded, heralded uh, draft class of 2003 where you had LeBron, uh, D. Wade, Carmelo, uh, Chris Bosh, and the great 
Darko Milicic. <laughs> is he still in the Darko still in the league? He still getting a check? Direct deposit still here? He probably is. I don't know. Okay, okay, I got a check. Um, so, but I, we had this discussion before on my show several months ago, and I had a couple. Of, well, not this discussion, but this particular question, and somebody called in and said they they thought Carmelo Anthony was clutch. So the question I or do you guys consider Carmelo to be a clutch guy? And I, I think I saw it somewhere in the chat room earlier. Someone said that Carmelo would never win a title in the NBA. I, I think that's a lot, saying a lot when he's you know relatively young and you know he may not win a title in New York as as they are constructed, but you just never know. So just want to throw that FIFA. I'll start with you. Is Carmelo clutch, or, or, or does he not make your list of clutch players? You know what? Honestly, Carmelo is a very clutch player. Um, you know he's made a lot of big shots. He's had a lot of big games. Uh, he makes big free throws. Um, but like any clutch player, you're probably going to miss more than you make. So, you know, people are always going to remember the ones you miss. Um, but Carmelo is definitely a clutch guy. Is he going to win a championship? I, I say only two ways. He either has to join Chicago or he needs to be coached by Phil Jackson so he could dominate the triangle. Okay, okay. I don't know if, I don't know if Phil's ever coming back. I, I'd love to see him come back, but I don't know. <laughs> I think Phil has to be in the right situation if he's going to come back. Um, that's a good point, FIFA. What, what about you, B? Is Carmelo clutch? Uh, Yeah, from an offensive standpoint, he's clutch. Okay. <laughs> but uh, if, if we're talking making a defense, a, a clutch defense, a <laughs> else, no. So from an offensive standpoint, I'm going to say, yeah, he, 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 he's clutch because he's not afraid to take shots. He's not afraid to miss. You know, he's going to take them shots. And he's mid-range, three points, or whatever. Go to the rack. Carmelo won't give you that in the last few seconds. He's going to he's going to feel very comfortable shooting that rock. But if you want him to be clutch on the defensive end, hail to the zone. Okay. What about you, Ken? You know, I, I think kind of for me is, is when they take the shot, am I more surprised that they missed it or or not? And with Carmelo, you know, when I see him take a shot because he is so gifted offensively, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of more more shocked when they miss it. So I would I would say he is clutch. I think Carmelo right now is just a prisoner of his current situation and okay. some of the failures that Good he's point. experiencing in New York. Um, but prior to then, man, Car- Carmelo was 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 that dude, man. And, and like B said, when it comes to you needing some buckets in the fourth. Who, who, who are you going to give it to? You're going to give it to Melo, and Melo's going to go get you whatever. He, he can post you up. He can hit you mid-range. He can take you out. He can take you off. Yep. I mean, he can do. He, he, I mean, he can score whenever, wherever, and however. And um, so yeah, man, yeah, he, he's that guy. If you need him in the fourth quarter to put up buckets, give it to him. Okay, okay. Phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. And we got about a little less than 15 minutes left in the show. Got a chance for you to get your calls in. Hit us up. Hit us up. This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, next question I have for you guys. I'll, I'll start with you, B. Uh, if you were a rookie NBA player, and we all play basketball, um, you're a rookie NBA player, what shoe company would you sign a sneaker deal with and why? <laughs> uh company to sign a sneaker deal and it may have it may your answer may have more to do with the type of shoe that you wear now as opposed to 
the one you probably feel you can get the best deal from. But I just wanted I mean, to get a, a small sample to, to see what to, people thought. To be honest with you, you know, I mean, you know, most of my basketball shoes have been Nike. Mm-hmm. I've owned a couple. Uh, to be honest with you, I've owned a couple of Reebok shoes back when you know Allen Iverson answers and a few other Reebok shoes. And I played right. ball, and I and I can honestly say they were the most comfortable shoes I played in. Way more comfortable than some of the Nike shoes I played in when my feet be freaking hurting. So I mean, <laughs> a, I mean, you know, from a from a comfortable standpoint, if the, if if, they, if Reebok's talking about signing me for some some good bread. I, I I wouldn't mind going Reebok. I mean, of course Nike because I've been I've been I've been using, I've been playing ball in Nike pretty much my whole life, you know. So if Nike called me, I'm like, holy shit, Nike! But you right. know, I for comfortable, I like I like my feet to still feel good as I'm done playing ball, and, and Reebok do make my feet feel good as I'm finished playing ball, you know. So I go Reebok. Okay. What about you, FIFO? You you the point guard? With with what, what, what shoes would you prefer to be on your feet? Hands down, that's simple, Nike. Okay. Any particular simple. reason um, why Nike? Yeah, well, all of the all of my best basketball shoes have been by Nike or Jordan. So you know, I either one. I, I not Jordan, nah, because I, I don't like what he does for his players. The the best Jordans are the the retros. So I, mm-hmm. I you know I don't like the new stuff. And um, Nike's man just. Every basketball shoe that I have that ha- have had that has been great, they've just been Nikes. Like my last ones, um, that they're kind of like on their last leg now. I need a new pair for 2014. Nike, hit your boy up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're just light. They're sturdy. You know, great ankle support. You know, it's big for for point guards. You know, we can't get our ankles our ankles broken. And um, right. you know just stability and just the, the lightness of them and how how sturdy they feel even though they're super super light you know and and year over year because I had the the same I had the new version of the 2012s and man just a, what a year does in, in shoe technology so I, I just like Nike man I feel like they always push the envelope. Okay okay what about you Ken? Uh, I would probably go with some Gators, man. I I, I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> see now, now you earning that old man reputation. Show up at the show up to the gym with with some Gators and some church socks. Yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, you know, Nike is easy, recognizable brand. Um, they got money. You know, black folks love Nike, so you don't have to yeah. worry about. Sales. So, you know, Waiting outside. You're gonna, you're gonna get your toe. So yeah. So if them gators don't work out, man, if they don't want to play in them gators because their feet are sweating, then uh, then yeah, man, we'll we'll we'll, we'll kill that contract and go with some Nike. Oh man, I'm I'm a completed man. I'm the same Nike. Uh, I had I remember um remember the Jordans that Jordan played in in the final I can't remember what number it was but it was the finals they played against Utah we hit the shot um the the ones that kind of I think he kind of modeled them after a Porsche or something man those Jordans hurt my feet worse than any other shoe I've ever had in my life I'm so glad I didn't buy them somebody bought them for me um so after that I vowed like to like I, I said I, if I ever owned a pair of Jordan after that I would I would never play in them. I, I just wear them just to wear them. Um, but yeah, Nike's always done fine for me, man. Um, like like B, I, I had the Iversons. 
um, the first and third version of the Iversons, and those those are really comfortable. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I, I can't. I, I wouldn't really deviate from Nike too much, man. Nike's always, you know, had real comfortable shoes that I could wear. Um, I, I've never never tried. I don't think I've ever had anybody ever had a pair of Adidas basketball shoes. I uh, nope. They uh, said I never, never, I never, I never owned a pair of Adidas in my life. Oh my God, man! I got, yeah, I, got I, I, I got some sneakers. The sneakers are cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, was, uh, I was just, yeah, I was a Nike guy. Yeah, I was a Nike guy too. Still am to some degree. I, I don't, my shoe collection ain't what it used to be, but uh, I had a, I yeah, when I got to buy, I buy a Nike. I, I had a pair of Ewans though back in the day. <laughs> oh, the Ewans were tight. Nice. Everybody yeah, had the Ewans. And yeah, I, I, I just never got too. any. I, the Ewans, yeah. like when I was in like eighth grade, uh, the Ewans and the uh, Ralph Sampson Pumas. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, had, I had some Ewans, and, and back when everybody was was you know buying Jordans, you know my my parents weren't spending over hundred dollars for no gym shoes. Right. I had to read my pump. I had to read my pump. The kind of D Brown had in the dunk contest. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 the pump. yeah okay, I'm like, okay. so y'all remember the pump? Oh yeah, man! I remember. I remember the pumps. I remember. I had me a um, pair of pumps, man. You get those shoes are comfortable, man. Like Reeboks, Reeboks made me comfortable shoes, man. They, they, well, they was comfortable for my feet. I, I say that. Right. Cause I'm, flat, I'm flat-footed. So Reeboks was it for me. Reeboks, and you know, and Nikes. But I was mostly a Nike head. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, my man, my man Tiago in the chat room. He said, uh, he said he's wearing the, the Marberries. <laughs> you guys remember the Marbury? Stephon Marbury came out with that shoe, and he, I think he was yeah. charging like fifteen dollars for the shoe. Yep, Man, yep. you gotta be kidding me! And um, about some, yeah, LeBron, LeBron owned by Nike. I, I'm not owned by no shoe. I own my all my shoes. I'm like, yeah, all right, right. Look, look, look how yeah, okay. Sales, Let's see how that works. Um, <laughs> Man, you're listening live to Dead End Sports. Um, next question I have for you guys. I know. Years ago, in the early 2000s, um, the throwback era was in. It was really, really big. Almost everybody and their mama had a jersey. Um, so the question I wanted to throw out to you and the listeners, it doesn't necessarily have to be a throwback jersey, but have you ever won? Have you ever purchased the jersey? If so, what was the jersey of the player, the first ones that you purchased? So whose jersey did you get, Ken? Who, who was the first jersey that you can remember actually purchasing? Whether it be a throwback or a current player's jersey, Sean Kemp, Rain Get out of here, Rain Man. Yeah, I man, I, I was a fan, man. Um, man, that that dude was was a beast. So he was uh, he was one of my favorite players in the NBA at that time when he was playing with them with with Peyton and Nick McMillan and mm-hmm. and uh, Detlef Shrimp and. <laughs> And all them boys, man, just, just so yeah, it was, it was, it was Sean Kemp, man. Okay, okay. My man, um, Roll Tide in the chat room. He said the Randall. He said he had a Randall Cunningham Eagles throwback. Okay, yeah, that was pretty popular too. That was definitely pretty popular. What about you, uh, FIFO? Uh, first jersey you can remember that you that you purchased? Hey, you know, honestly, by the time I was able to purchase a jersey with my own money, they were out of style. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> So, so I, I'll just name all of the jerseys I had as a kid. Okay, so, so which I, one did you want to purchase? <laughs> well, you know, I, man, I was always a big basketball guy. So, you know, I, I had everything I wanted as a kid. So, 
But um, I, I definitely had the Dennis Rodman jersey when he came to the Bulls. Of course, I had a Jordan jersey, Pippen jersey. I had a Penny jersey. I had a Shaq jersey. I used to have the Shaq Gnosis uh, shoe when it originally came out. Um, let me see. Of course, I had Jordan's. Um, who, who uh, Sean Kemp. I had a Sean Kemp uh, jersey. He was definitely my favorite big man when I was growing up. Um, damn, who else did I have? I had um, I I had a Harold Minor jersey just because they called them baby. Wow, Jordan. baby Jordan. Yeah, I had a Harold Minor jersey. Um, the oh, you know what? The one that I never had that I always wanted was a Tim Hardaway Warriors jersey. Okay, definitely one of my uh, the the, the retro joint. Yeah, like that 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 that's one jersey. That as a kid I wanted that I never got. Okay. 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 Um, what about you, B? What what, uh, what jersey did you rock? Okay, are we going by first jersey I ever owned, like that my parents got, or the first jersey that I purchased with my money? You can do both if you want. Oh well, yeah. Growing up, I mean, the only jersey that mattered to me was Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I mean, it's Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas, and I had a Joe Dumars jersey, and in middle school, I had got a Reggie Miller jersey, Indiana Pacers jersey, and my first jersey I purchased with my money was the Allen Iverson, the blue Austin jersey. Yes. That was my first, that <laughs> yes, was my, that was the first jersey. That was the first jersey I purchased with my own money, but yeah, the, the jersey before that, yeah, Isaiah's, oh yeah, I was a kid. Isaiah, I, I, dang, give me Isaiah Thomas jersey. Like, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas. Joe Dude, I ended up getting a Joe Dumars and yeah. Reggie Miller and after that, Eyeball. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I'm I'm the same way, man. Um the first jersey I got, man, it was crazy. My mom bought me a I never <laughs> I never forget she bought me a Clyde Drexler Portland Trailblazers jersey. I wasn't <laughs> even a fan. Um <laughs> I was far from a fan. But here's the funny thing. She bought it for me that summer. And I rocked it that summer, and then like right before the season started, Drexel got traded oh. to Houston, <laughs> so I couldn't wear it anymore. Um, I mean, well, I could wear it, but I mean, I just felt like a lame. I was like, man, I'm not wearing it. My mom was like, yeah. well, I paid all that money for that jersey. You gonna you gonna wear that jersey? I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. I don't think I wore it. I may have worn it maybe once or twice after Drexler got traded. Um, after that, and I, I didn't wear it anymore. Um, but the first one that I purchased with my own money was, uh, like B said, the the blue Allen Iverson joint when he was with Philly. Um, it kind of looked like a almost like a T-shirt a little bit, but um, yeah, loved that yeah. jersey, man. I I had that joint with the with his uh, with the shoe, the back the shoes. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's what I rock. Uh, we're, man, time is flown by that fast. We are getting notification that we got 90 seconds left. Man, want to thank everybody for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. Make sure that you check us out. Like I said, this show tonight is the last show for 2013. Uh, we will be back like cook crack, <laughs> stronger than ever in 2014. Uh, make sure that you... Check us out. Check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, if you missed any parts of this show, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. 
Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Uh, hit us up individually. Follow us individually uh, at K B I N G E uh, at FIFO two four seven at BZ four thirty and at Twelve Kyle. Um, like I said, the show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, so make sure that you check out the archives. More importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend uh, that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week. Actually, that's going to do it for 2013. Uh, we will be back in January. Uh, we'll be talking BCS. We'll be talking NFL playoffs. We'll be talking NBA. Uh, we'll be talking about it all. Uh, so make sure that you come back and check us out. That's going to do it for tonight. We'll holler at you next year. You guys be safe. Peace. Peace. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Good